A new poll says that only 35% of registered voters are planning to vote for President Trump this fall. Your delicious pancakes, now less racist. And we've got Gerald Bostock with us. He's the main plaintiff in this week's win for LGBTQ rights at the Supreme Court. The date, June 17th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey there, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Casey, I have to ask you really quickly. uh, Did you happen to play Pokemon Snap when we were younger? I don't understand the question, and I will not be answering it today. Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm sorry, Hayes. I have no clue. Okay, so so for you and for, I don't know, the the youngs and olds who are listening to this show who also don't know, Pokemon Snap was a genius game on the Nintendo 64 system where instead of battling your Pokemon, you just drove around with a camera, basically, and took pictures of Pokemon. And the whole point of the game was to get high scores on the best composed shots of Pokemon that you possibly could. Oh, my God. Wait, I love that. Okay, let's go back in time. And you asked my dad to buy me a Nintendo. It's easy. It's easy. And I think you would love it. I feel like everything I know about photography that I have uh, managed to make work on my iPhone is because of Pokemon Snap. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. I bet you're a great photographer. I am. Thank you. I heard the skepticism in your tone, Casey. (laughs) Let's get the show started. It's time for the TLDR, the most important headlines for the day brought to the top of your feed. Here are three things you need to know today. One, authorities say that a man arrested for killing a federal security officer in Oakland is allegedly a member of a far right group trying to start a new civil war. According to a federal indictment, Stephen Carrillo allegedly traveled to Oakland at the end of May, expecting large protests in the aftermath of Minneapolis police killing George Floyd. But he wasn't there to help protesters. He was allegedly there as part of a movement that is called, I swear to God, the Boogaloo, whose members think a second civil war is coming and want to accelerate its start. Carrillo, who's a sergeant in the Air Force, posted on Facebook the morning of the killing, quote, Use their anger to fuel our fire. We have mobs of angry people to use to our advantage, end quote. The fact that it was a Boogaloo member behind the murder is a big plot twist, given the comments at the time. Then, the killing of David Patrick Underwood was blamed on the rioters in Oakland. Two. The former Atlanta police officer who shot and killed a black man in a Wendy's parking lot last weekend has been charged with felony murder. Last Friday night, Richard Brooks was asleep in his car when two officers woke him and conducted a sobriety test. They attempted to arrest him when he failed, then tried to tase Brooks when he resisted. When Brooks grabbed one of their tasers and tried to flee, now former officer Garrett Rolfe shot him twice in the back. Today, The Atlanta District Attorney announced that former Officer Rolfe will face 11 charges total, which, aside from felony murder, also includes aggravated assault for kicking Brooks after shooting him. The DA also made clear that because the taser that Brooks snatched had been fired twice, it was useless, and the officers knew that. The other officer involved in the incident, Devin Brosnan, also faces three charges, including aggravated assault for standing on Brooks' shoulder after he was down. But Brosnan will be cooperating with prosecutors, according to the DA. And three, a new poll out today from Reuters and Ipsos shows that the president is lagging far, far behind what he needs to win re-election. Taken between June 10th and June 16th, the poll shows that 48% of registered voters said that they would be backing former Vice President Joe Biden at the polls in November. 
In contrast, just 35% of them said they'd be voting for President Trump. All in all, this poll was a pretty dismal performance for the president. Approval for his handling of the coronavirus also hit a new low, and his support among Republicans has been dropping slowly every month since March. But it is important to remember that polls are often imprecise, especially when people who are responding may not want to share their real views or even talk with a pollster at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't particularly trust the polls. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what we've learned from history. Right. And there it's really interesting. Politico earlier this week also had a story where people who are working for the GOP out in the states are like, yeah, the polls look bad, but that's not what we're seeing out there. And people who support Trump, we uh, don't think that they're telling the pollsters who are calling them anyway. They don't like the questions they're being asked. So it's like, oh, cool. Our one way of measuring this just completely out the window. Love it. Oh, yeah. I'm you know, it's going to be one of those things like I'll believe it when I see it kind of situation. So <laughs> Come November, we'll see We'll see what happens. We will, but I just wanted to start planting in people's heads now. We won't know the night of. We probably, night of election night, we will not know who has won, and that's going to be fine. Everyone, start your deep breaths now. All right, it's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most it's about time and most sounds about right stories from around the internet. Good news, your breakfast will now be less racist. Quaker Oats, the company that makes Aunt Jemima syrup and pancake mix, announced today that they're changing up everything about the brand. Uh, In case you're wondering, what did Aunt Jemima ever do except provide delicious sugar for my pancakes? The answer is minstrel shows. That's right. The same Aunt Jemima that's been featured on the company's packaging for over a century was more or less based on the mammy archetype that white people use to portray while in blackface. In fact, the first model hired by the company to portray Aunt Jemima in ads was a former slave named Nancy Green. Yes, the brand got a facelift in the late 80s to make it a bit less racist, but now they're changing the name and the logo entirely. No word yet on what the new name will be, but hopefully it will be less problematic. Hopefully slash it kind of has to be at this point because wowzers, I just, have you ever looked at some of the old ads that they had for Aunt Jemima's pancakes? The print ones or the commercial ones? The print ones? Yeah, the print ones. Those are not good. No, I'm looking at one right now where the tagline is, folks show cheer for fluffy energizing Aunt Jemima pancakes. I don't enjoy I don't enjoy that. <laughs> I don't either. I'm glad I switched away from box mix pancakes anyway. Like Aunt Jemima, you have never been welcome in my home. And the bad news today should come as no surprise to anyone who is currently alive. A new poll says that Americans are the unhappiest they've been in the last 50 years. And Hayes, that checks out to me. Yup. <laughs> This is according to the National Opinion Research Center at the University of Chicago, which has been keeping track of Americans' happiness since 1972. The center has been tracking people's responses to the coronavirus outbreak. And in a survey taken in late May, just 14 percent of respondents said that they were very happy. And I know I just said that, you know, polls aren't accurate. I think this poll (laughs) is accurate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
For comparison, the previous record low was in 2010 with just 29% of people calling themselves very happy. But today we are 15 points lower. And here is the real kicker. Most of the interviews for the survey were taken before all of the protests against police brutality started. Here's what I want to know. Who are the 14%? Who are the very happy people in America right now? Who are they? What are they doing? What are their lives like? How much money do you have to just fritter away? What are you doing? I don't know. Okay, I was talking about this with a friend this morning, but uh, my therapist, this entire pandemic, all the past like three months has just been like, it's not about thriving right now. It's about surviving. So I want to know who is thriving right now and says they're happy. That's insane to me. And can we eat them? Can we just burn them at the stake, eat them? I don't know. Can we ingest their happiness and take it in upon ourselves? Is that how happiness works? Casey, I don't remember. Yeah, you're correct. I have no clue how happiness works. Before our break, a reminder that this Friday is Juneteenth, and we want to know, what are you planning to do to celebrate? Will this be the first time that you're celebrating? Did you just learn about it this year? Or is it an annual thing for you? Let us know, and we'll include it in our show. Open up the Voice Memo app on your phone, share your Juneteenth plans, and email that file to newsoclock at gmail.com. That's newsoclock, all one word. You can also DM us with your plans on Twitter. We're at newsoclock on there as well. When we come back, we've got Gerald Bostock with us, lead plaintiff on Monday's landmark Supreme Court case for LGBTQ rights. Stay right there. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A., to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move to Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, There's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. 
We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This Monday, the Supreme Court decided on a landmark LGBTQ case, Bostock versus Clayton County. In a 6-3 ruling, the court decided that under federal law, LGBTQ employees cannot be fired because of their sexuality or gender identity. Today, we're joined by Gerald Bostock, the lead plaintiff in the case. His journey started seven years ago in Georgia when he was fired from his job as a child welfare services coordinator after joining a gay recreational softball league. Gerald, thank you so much for joining us and congrats on your win. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it's my pleasure to, to be here with you today. Gerald, let's go back to that first moment when you joined the softball league. Did it cross your mind at all that something like that might even have any negative consequences for you professionally? It absolutely did not. Uh, I I had my dream job and it, it was a job that I loved and it was a job I was successful at. And I made a decision to join that gay recreational softball league at a time in my life when I was just recovering from prostate cancer. And that decision was made to join the league because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it at the tail end of my recovery. And little did I know that that decision would impact and change my life forever. So then... Tell us about the moment that you decided that you would first take this case to court. How did, how did you make that decision? When I was handed my termination paperwork, um, and the reason for termination was conduct unbecoming a Clayton County employee, I knew immediately, and, and I did nothing wrong, and I set out to prove that. In both lower court hearings of your case, the court ruled not in your favor. Did you ever have a moment of thinking that maybe this just wasn't going to work out? Well, this has been a long journey, and I to I will be honest with you and tell you that I've had lots of highs and lows. But with that said, I've remained optimistic from the get-go. That's the kind of person that I am, and I try to put positivity into the world. And... Thanks to the love and encouragement of my my family, my my friends, um, and and of course now my my great legal team at Buckley Beal and and all the great organizations that have stood by my side, including the ACLU, the Human Rights Campaign, Georgia Equality, with their support and love, they pushed me through. So. I know that last year you were in D.C. for the oral arguments at the Supreme Court, sitting there in the chamber, uh, hearing how it went, talking to your lawyers afterwards. What did you think your odds were, given the conservative majority on the court, of them ruling in your favor? Well, I'd like to start by saying, um, you know, I believe in the in the justice system and I believe in what that building stands for. Uh, so during on the day of and during the hearing and during the oral arguments, hearing the questions and the responses that were being given when when it was finished and over and I walked out of that building, I continued to feel optimistic. Um, I I haven't looked back. I haven't regretted any decision. And again, I knew that there would be a period of, of wait time. But 
and I'm not saying that it's been easy and that there wasn't <laughs> a lot of anxiety and right. an, that and is anxious several moments. months. That's several months between when you, they have the arguments and when the opinion is released. So just a lot of people like guessing and speculating about what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's more like eight months. <laughs> so that means a lot of sleepless nights and especially the last few months, you know, anticipating a possible uh, decision every single Monday. And then, of course, we had the 6-3 decision from the Supreme Court on Monday. Can you walk us through what that morning was like for you? Where were you when you heard the news that you'd won? <laughs> so uh, now I'm a healthcare professional, and I, and I work at a local hospital in Atlanta. And uh, because of the pandemic that we have, we've had to change kind of how we work, even at a hospital. So as every other Monday... I'm on the phone uh, early in the morning handling work business, and my partner and I had pulled up the SCOTUS blog onto our television in our den. And so we were watching, and shortly after 10 o'clock, somebody put on the blog, they're about to read Bostock versus Clayton County. And I I will be honest, my heart skipped a beat or two. Uh, and then it was moments later that we noticed all this craziness on the blog. And apparently the opinion, which I have not had a chance to read yet all the way through, it's 172 pages. It's long. Yeah. Yeah. And it started crashing the, the SCOTUS blog site. And somebody finally was able to say, I've got part of the first page. And actually, they only had the first sentence that they posted. And when I read those words that, you know, an employer that terminates based on sexual orientation and gender identity, I tell you, I I looked at my partner and we said, we did this. And of course, (laughs) we had a celebratory moment there uh, and a little bit of screaming, (laughs) clapping, uh, yelling. uh, And it's been nonstop ever since. (laughs) Uh, you said this was for everyone, but how did it feel to see that, to know that your name is on this historic case? It's powerful, but at the same time, it's, it's very humbling. And, and I don't stand there alone. I, I stand with Amy Stevens and I stand with Don Zarda. And of course, sadly, Amy recently passed away and, and she didn't make it to hear this wonderful victory that we, that we have. And of course, uh, Don had passed away before the hearing in Washington, but uh, I know they're with us in spirit, and I know they're looking down from heaven with a big smile on their face. So this Supreme Court case decision, among many other things, means that you can return to court in Georgia to fight your case with this new precedent. Are, are you planning on doing that? Absolutely. Uh, that's my top priority now. And are you still a part of the softball league? Are you celebrating together? (laughs) Well, sadly, I did have to step away uh, during all of this uh, process, but uh, there is a strong chance I will be returning. But what I will tell you is I, I... I have so many friends and and more like family members now after joining the league that I've had softball players from all over the country reach out and and show their support and and show their gratitude. And and it's it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful getting to know even more of the softball group all over the country. 
Gerald, thank you so much for joining us. And as a queer woman, I just wanted to thank you so much for everything you've done. Um, this really is a monumental um, point in history, and I just want to thank you. Well, you're, you're very welcome. And again, we all share in this. <laughs> That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we're joined by the hosts and stars of the Netflix smash hit Queer Eye. And remember, there's no crying in baseball, but we do accept crying over sweet gay softball team feelings. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hey, Lethal listeners, Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murders tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger, though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast Podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Gangster Chronicles Podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 